Oh, I needed that. That was good. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and I am late getting this done. It's holiday season. If you are listening to this in the future, just throwing that out there. And uh, I am currently smoking on a mixed bowl of CBD, golden pineapple, sativa, and this other strain a friend of mine kicked me down with called Nine Inch Nails. Now, I believe part of the lineage, at least, would be from a strain called Cat Piss, which is a really bitter-smelling strain. It does kind of smell like urine or like certain coffees, and it's a really racy, powerful, heady sativa. Now, I haven't actually found anything online about this strain, but it sounded really familiar to me, and it smokes just like it. It's really great. It's really helpful for me, and I've been kind of holding on to this this nug to smoke just for the podcast, um, but it's been a really great lift during my depression, which I'm still going through, unfortunately. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. I kind of expect to be at least a little bit depressed around the holidays. I, uh, I got kind of a sordid history with holidays and family stuff, and yeah, blah, dee, 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 dee. So it's to be expected. And this strain really has a way of just lifting me up and helping me find humor in things and making me want to laugh, which when everything, when you actually start reveling in your displeasure with things, finding something, anything to take you out of that is a huge relief because that's the start of the spiral. And I'm kind of stuck in that part right now and just kind of funneling around. But I'm going to get through it. And I've got a great outline for you. Uh, It's kind of the abbreviated pre-prohibition world history of cannabis. And I, I think it's pretty good. I learned a lot and I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's begin. Cannabis has been intertwined with humans as far back as civilization, it seems. Uh, We have evidence to suggest 10,000 years ago uh, by way of seeds that were found, I believe, in tombs and things like that. Written evidence shows that it dates back at least 6,000 years ago. And people have even hypothesized that it goes back as far as cultivation as the first agricultural product out there. Now, while there are a lot of well-placed arguments for that, I still am not totally sold on it, but it's a really interesting hypothesis. Evidence shows that hemp or cannabis, but historically it's referred to as hemp when it's being used for rope, uh, paper, bowstrings, whenever its fiber is being employed, when its seeds are being employed either as food sources or for oil sources, or if it's being used as cattle feed. A lot of times history refers to it as domesticated hemp or domesticated cannabis, and they refer to the female plants with the flowers as wild uh, cannabis. But both types of cannabis have been documented by peoples all over the world. However, it seems to have begun in the same place where civilization began, which is the Mesopotamia, Indo-Asia area. The 6,000-year-ago writings actually were from China. 
Though it was primarily for, again, its use of fiber and later on as a medicine. Smoking it or using it for its hallucinogenic effects was a really small portion of that early documented use. Cannabis as a word itself is a Greek word, and it spawned a lot of Latin terms uh, that came to mean made of hemp and probably influenced words like canvas, which would have been made of hemp back then. A lot of cultures used hemp that way. They really diversified its fiber and the sturdiness of that fiber for a lot of things. Canvas sails would have been uh, an example that the Chinese would have used. They were really advanced in their navigation skills, and it wasn't until the Western civilizations came into contact with China that the Western civilization's navigation skills really took off. And then you have Portugal of Spain kind of really creating a lot of ocean trade routes because they had the boats and the technology to do things like that. But China's use of hemp as a paper and as rope and fiber and really mastering in a way its resource they it really just furthered their ability to excel in the navigation. And trade is going to play a very big part in how cannabis is spread throughout the world, just like any other thing, really, you know, along the Silk Road and then really along the slave routes. We get mentions of it here and there for its spiritual or psychotropic uses, in places like Herodotus, who would be the father of history in the Western view, in his book or collection, Histories, and also by Pliny the Elder in his compilation, Natural History. There are brief mentions of cannabis ingesters, people who use cannabis in order to get high, but for the most part, the Western references to cannabis are almost always in reference to hemp. Now, that's not so in a lot of the Oriental places, and that is where people really begin to learn the medicinal and spiritual values of cannabis. Now, the earliest archaeological evidence of hemp use or cannabis use is found in pottery imprints and clothing remnants that were discovered in China. There's also proof that they used it in warfare for their bowstrings and archery. And because of the fibrosity of the hemp rope, the, the Chinese archers were actually able to get a longer arc in distance, giving them a wartime advantage. And now while papyrus and the Egyptians are who we often think about in regards to paper, Modern methods were actually first employed by the Chinese, and cannabis was a big part of that production. Now, going back to the first recorded written medicinal use of cannabis, the first written mention of cannabis is by the father of Chinese medicine, Shen Yung, who might be a real person or might be more Homeric in his personage. Uh, which means he might be like a compilation of a few people that got passed down through a, an oral history. Um, but he actually wrote a lot about cannabis 
in in his pharmacopoeia, which is a pharmacology compilation, a very respectable publication for its time. Uh, It would have been like a Gray's Anatomy, basically, on that kind of level. And he recognized the yin and the yang nature of the cannabis plant, the male and the female, the uh, use of the flower versus the stalk, things that, that gave it a really special place in Chinese medicine. In later years, it would come to be used as an anesthetic, but mostly it really just remained a medicinal use item, uh, mostly for female problems. And, and it didn't become a spiritual type thing, despite the fact that it fits so well in this philosophy. They didn't have the kind of spiritualized rituals and they didn't develop any by imbibing the cannabis in their culture. However, India really embraced cannabis as an intoxicant. More specifically, we would say as an entheogenic or something that generates the divine within. And one of the first references that we get to it as such is in the Vedas. Now, one of the more popular ways that this was ingested was as bang, which is a composition of cannabis parts, all parts of the plant, and a lot of other ingredients, including yogurt or milk, some sort of dairy with which to... uh, absorb the resinous cannabinoid outputs. Uh, Now, bang, while the most popular way of consuming it in India wasn't the only way, ganja, which is uh, basically B-grade, and charas, which is a little bit closer to hash, it's uh, composed of all the very resinous top flower parts, were also both popular ways to smoke it. But bang was a way to drink it, and it seems to be a little bit more ubiquitous throughout the culture that way. It also seems that Indian use of cannabis is the responsible culprit for the introduction of cannabis into Western medicine. And to this day, cannabis actually continues to be a strong spiritual and daily aid in Indian life, and it continues to be recognized medicinally in their pharmacopoeia. Now, if you're familiar with India and its history with Western civilization, you're probably already familiar with the Silk Road trade route. Uh, And that's pretty much how it probably got into Africa and the Arab nations. As trade routes became more secure and regular in those areas, the use of cannabis as an intoxicant spread. And it seems that different forms of cannabis spread to different areas. Some of those places called it bang. Some places had other names for it. And the ways that they became accustomed to smoking it also changed. Though it does seem that the bong or water pipe originated in the African area. Now, while cannabis would become popular in the northern, eastern, and southern areas of Africa, it wasn't very popular in the western areas of Africa. So as it came into the New World, it also depended on which slaves came into those areas. And it seems that Brazil was actually populated by sailors and slaves that came with cannabis seeds. However, the wide array of intoxicating plants available in the 
southern western hemisphere made cannabis a relatively weak product by comparison where it did take hold in history was primarily among blacks and free indigenous people over the next few hundred years as cannabis spread north with the indios marijuana becomes a popular term for it and it is used as a divisive class issue This wasn't the first time that these political tactics had been used. Hash was said to have been discovered by an Egyptian monk in around 1155 CE, the Common Era, or AD 1155, if you want to say it that way. And uh, the monk who was said to have discovered it was said to have also, when he shared it, gave instructions to keep it secret only for the poor. And it would seem that his followers kept his wishes, or at least cannabis was much more popular among the poor, and cannabis as hash specifically in Islamic countries. By 1300, it was in Egypt and was being used all around, uh, though it was probably there because of the Scythians beforehand, which is how Herodotus heard of it in his histories. But as Islam took over that area, the powers that be weren't very happy with it. Again, it was considered a poor activity, uh, so much that the religious sects that had carried the tradition no longer wanted to be associated with the tradition. And despite prohibitionist movements and the raising of fields where cannabis was being grown by governments and armies and strong arms. Cannabis was always back before too long, growing in abundance again. And this economic class warfare where cannabis was pointed to is something that gets repeated throughout history. Uh, But that's not pre-prohibition, that's prohibition. The species of cannabis itself was first classified by Carolus Linnaeus in 1753, although obviously it had been mentioned way beforehand. And as I said, the Greek term had been around for millennia before that. Uh, Indica cannabis would be classified by a French naturalist named Jean-Baptiste Lamarck. And a third less common version, known as Cannabis ruderalis, which I've mentioned a couple times, was discovered in 1924 by a botanist, uh, a Russian botanist, Yanishevsky. I probably fucked that up, but anyway. Now, the reason for such a late classification system was because of that wild versus domesticated cannabis, which we would just refer to as hemp. And when they became infatuated with the medicinal properties and the flowering plants, they started to look for different plant types. And that's where this antiquated classification system comes from, because we just didn't know enough about it. And so Western medicine stumbled along trying to figure things out using Indian hash and Arabic hash methods. And cannabis became a leading pharmaceutical for many things. Uh, You can read all kinds of different uses for cannabis, but two things really stand out as the most common, and those are headaches 
and nausea. Another interesting tidbit that I came across in my research where so many places were using cannabis in their political warfare, there was a place where it unexpectedly totally was let through and given a go, and that was by the British when they were studying it in its use by the Indian culture. Now, knowing those power plays, uh, the Indian Hemp Drugs Commission Report of 1894 would have been the perfect opportunity for the British to use cannabis as a way to subjugate the Indians. And in using all the exact same methods that everybody else has, you know, that it makes them crazy and will turn them homicidal and it's going to kill people. But what the British Commission actually found was that none of those things were likely. And in fact, it seemed safer than alcohol. And in fact, if you take it away from these people, they will probably not handle that very well at all. So best to just let sleeping dogs lie. And uh, the article that I read this on, and in fact, all the articles that I read to help me gather the information that I'm using for this, I will post on my blog. And the articles specifically that mentioned the Indian Hemp Drugs Commission report of 1894 did mention the fact that all of their findings are completely relevant today. And I wholeheartedly agree with that based on what I've read. However, that didn't stop the institutional racism, political plays for power, and robber baron interest that would keep cannabis in a state of prohibition for over 100 years. But that's for next time. Uh, I also want to say thanks to the Sample Hour podcast and Todd McCormick for all the information that I got off of that. I really enjoyed listening to it. If you're looking for something to listen to outside of this, that's the Sample Hour podcast with Todd McCormick. Uh, And like I said, I'll be posting all of those links to my websites. And I know I told you that I would do another safety, but... Uh, my neighbor is so fucking loud right now. Once again, I have been trying to record for well over an hour. We're going to probably have 20 minutes of this. And I wanted to do so much more than I'm really getting to do right now. But I'm going to have to fill it in with a different podcast. So we're going to talk about dime bags another time. And I am going to safety for those of you whom it matters Tell Rin that I'm going to kill my fucking neighbor, all right? I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And that I love her. All right, you guys. Thanks so much. Once again, thanks to Kevin McLeod for his amazing track, Slow Burn, which you hear at the top and bottom of this podcast. And always, you can call or email me. You can email the Spliff Podcast at gmail.com or call me at 209-86-SPLIFF. That's 209-867-7543. You can contribute and help me out on Patreon, become a patron, or just holla at me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I just signed up for Mass Roots a little while ago too. So if you are on the cannabis social networking, that's basically a ripoff of Instagram, Mass Roots, hit me up there. Ciao for now.